Welcome to New Game Netcast, the official podcast of NewGameNetwork.com. This is episode number 5 for Sunday, May 27th, 2012. Today on the show, we'll be talking about Blizzard apologizing for Diablo 3 launch problems, E3 2012 exhibitor list, Far Cry 3 multiplayer beta, our reviews of Starhawk, Risen 2, Ghost Recon Future Soldier, Avernum, and Max Payne 3, news around the industry, including Borderlands 2 Limited Edition, Steam offering remote downloads, staff at 38 studios and big huge games being let go, Sony patenting game interruption advertising, Diablo 3 becoming the fastest selling PC game, Carmageddon Kickstarter, Red Orchestra 2 Game of the Year patch released, Shoot Manny a Storm trailer, and all the latest rumors, expectations and predictions for E3 2012. What's going on, everybody? This is the New Game Netcast, episode 5 for Sunday, May 27th. Joining us today is Peter. Hello. Evan. Greetings. Tim. Hey. And we have a special guest, Nick. Church. And I am Alex. And we are preparing for E3, which will be happening in a couple of weeks. And we'll have a podcast episode just following that. So that should be quite fulfilled with all kinds of news and exciting info. But for now, we are sticking with the usual. I ran the stats on the site, and we have an average rating of uh, 87 out of 100 for across our 400 reviews. I get the feeling that we can bring that down a little. <laughs> Is that your goal now? 87 should be a pretty good game. I don't seems think pretty high. Did, I, did I say 87? I said 78. No, you said 87. Oh, well, see, now I'm just... <laughs> Get all mixed oh. up in your numbers. <laughs> yeah, 87 is crazy. No, no, no. Yeah, I, I thought that seemed a bit ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, okay, 78's not that bad. Yeah, that's more reasonable. Yeah, if we had an average of like 75 in the 70s, that's not that bad. That's pretty good. Some of the top stories from the site for the past couple of weeks. Uh, Far Cry 3 multiplayer beta has been announced. Blizzard apologizes for Diablo 3 launch problems and the subject of the episode. E3 2012 exhibitor list and floor plans have been released. Let's start off with Blizzard's apology. Okay. I think... I couldn't help but think that this was a good move for them. Firstly, because now Air 37 has almost become its own meme. It is Blizzard's epic failure. But what I so it's entirely appropriate for Blizzard to apologize to the fandom. But was it what was especially nice was that they did it in lore speak of we are sorry that your demon hunting has been postponed by mortal error or something along those lines. And that brought a smile to my lips, and I say hats off to them for that. But having said that, I've had a terrible, terrible start with it. I mean I've I've made it to Act 3 now, but I've had so many technical problems, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, I get 200 ping in single player on a good day. It's yeah, not that's, ideal. Yeah, basically the standard ping now. I mean, it's, not, it's not uncommon for me to jump up to like 450, 500 for absolutely no reason. But I mean, it's not unplayable at that ping, it just sort of chops like a little bit. It's when it jumps up to like a thousand something. And it's like, I've actually... I've put off playing it for like the next month, and that sounds like it was a good idea. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Get some updates. That was a smart move. When oh. it gets like really heavy, then it's just like, you know, okay, I'm going to kill this one imp, and then like, you know, three seconds later, it's like, oh, cool, I'm getting ganked. So that's fun. Uh, how about the E3 2012 exhibitor list? 
I was looking over it. I didn't see really any big surprises, but uh, people who are going to E3, is there anyone in particular who you are eager to see? Everybody, it, man. You have a shopping list? Come on. Everybody's going to be there. It's going to be the coolest show ever. <laughs> right. But apart from Alex's uh, shopping list, I'd say uh, I was saying Capcom, Namco, Tecmo Koei. I want to see Konami. But there's also Nintendo and Microsoft. Everyone, I'm not as uh, ingratiated with the indie developers, so if anybody has any recommendations of you guys, I'd be interested to hear them. The thing is, though, that indie developers don't really attend E3 because it's expensive and it's not really any. Uh, oh, cute, actually, aren't they? They What's have that? their own little con where they get together and show off their games to each other. Yeah, yeah. It's like the yeah. poor people booth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, outside in the parking lot. <laughs> No, actually, I don't think there's anything like that during the show. No, no, there's like a, there's the Indian Gaming Festival, which is I forget where that's held, but but it's not at the same time as these. No, no, it's not the same time. Yeah, no. yeah, it's, yeah well, it's like these like massive Chinese conglomerates who have like gambling machines and they have little booths by the fire exit. So is is, <laughs> is that is that worth a look? <laughs> See how much yen I can spend in a sitting? No, yeah, it should be good. Uh, I guess <laughs> the only real surprise is that THQ is out of money, so they. Won't really, be, won't really be there. Some wired up producer on drinking coffee trying my games. Far Cry, how about Far Cry 3 multiplayer? Anyone? It's not on PC, I don't care. Oh. <laughs> what? Wait a minute. Oh, the beta is. Okay, so the game. No, okay, the beta. Yeah. I can't say. I've, I can't say I've played multiplayer at all in that series, so. Actually, it wasn't bad in Far Cry 2. It's just the weapons were extremely imbalanced, but most servers banned some of the really high-powered weapons. It, it wasn't bad, actually. I, I had fun with it. Was there actually anything that differentiated it from everything else? Not really, no. Yeah. <laughs> Basically run-of-the-mill, except worse. <laughs> and I think I played like four seconds of multiplayer in a Far Cry, and I was like, nah, no. <laughs> That's enough. Yeah, there's not really anything I guess that was uh, particularly... Grabbing about it. Yeah, exactly. I failed to hold my attention. Grapes in salad. That that's something you were going to. Oh, oh, I'm not a fan. Oh no, I'm not a fan of fruits in salad unless it's a fruit salad. Okay, a tomato should be a vegetable. We all we all (laughs) know a tomato should be a vegetable. I don't know quite how we got to that conversation, but Congress. Sandwich talk. Yeah. Sandwich talk. <laughs> All right. Uh, we've had a bunch of articles going up on the side, actually, the past couple of weeks since our last podcast. They are uh, reviews of Risen 2, which is a 76. Ninja Gaiden 3 got a 40. Starhawk got an 80. Resident Evil Operation Raccoon City got a 30. Uh, Final Fantasy 13 2 was a 58. Uh, Ghost Recon Future Soldier got an 80, uh, Vernum Escape from the Pit, got a 66, and Max Payne 3 got a 78. And we have a couple of people here to talk about these reviews. Uh, a couple of them are mine, and I guess to spread things out, I'll start. Um, Starhawk was one of the ones that I did, uh, which got an 80, and it's uh, you know pretty good, pretty good shooter, I think. They got some creative ideas there, but they really didn't do um, as much as they potentially could have to 
I guess, break the mold and really change the way that uh, online shooters work. Because the build and battle system is uh, is quite good. It's well implemented, but none of the modes really took advantage of it. You could have, you know, easily had standard multiplayer matches without uh, that system. So that was really the only downside. But otherwise, it was it was not bad. Is it a wholly multiplayer game? No. Uh, for the first time, they've included a campaign, which was, yeah, I guess in a way a glorified tutorial, but. Uh, <laughs> It, Sounds thrilling. Yeah, it, it was not bad, actually. It, it really, because it was a tutorial of sorts, it was really varied in terms of all the gameplay that uh, you went through in this short few hours of the campaign. Was there a story there, or? Yeah, they threw in a story there. It wasn't anything um, out of the ordinary, but the it was The right. pretty much the same thing as, as in Warhawk 2, like the planes and... Uh... Oh, wow. All that stuff. Use a six axis to fly them around and crash an absolute. No, no, I don't. There's not really any six axis input anymore. It's all done. At least they got rid of that. Yeah, I don't know. There might actually there might be an option for that, but I haven't come across it. And by default, it definitely didn't say anything about six axis. Can't really see why anybody would want to use it. It's, yeah, well, especially in the shooter that wants to be competitive. Yeah, yeah exactly. No. They, they need to do like a, a thingy version of it. The Xbox One Connect, but you have to hold your arms out like a plane. <laughs> I, I would do it. I I'd play it. Yeah. Yeah. It's closed. I'd maybe think about it. But... I'm spiraling. So how do you run around and shoot? Then you just like, oh, you show, just like jog on the spot in front of your connect. Stick out your tongue. <laughs> uh, we also have um, Tim here who did Risen Two. Yeah. If you've played a Piranha Bytes RPG before, then you pretty much know what to expect. It has some bugs, like uh, if you'll probably notice on the review, there's a screenshot of an NPC walking casually through the air. <laughs> uh, the combat has some problems. It's a little bit awkward, but it, it, it's functional. But really, the game's strength comes from its world. It's very, very organic, very well designed. It's extremely enjoyable to just explore and find treasure. And uh, you really need the money in the game. Money's hard to come by, and you need money to buy skills that you normally get just from leveling up in RPGs. And uh, I really enjoyed it. And it also has a snazzy pirate theme, complete with attack parrots and monkeys, which can sneak into people's houses and steal things. So if you're pining for a good role-playing game, I'd highly recommend it. Uh, that really, it really excites me to hear that because I've always thought that pirates and RPGs go great together for some reason, and that we should be seeing more of them out there, especially to get to get your own monkey or parrot that'll do your bidding for you. This is, I think, uh, is a good quality of the game. I'll have to try Dude, I think that. any game could use thieving monkeys. That's just, like, <laughs> just who doesn't like old, thieving monkeys? You might even say it puts the R in RPG. Oh, oh. 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 <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah, you went there. Although, yeah, I, uh, I, one I, thing, Tim, you didn't mention in your review, but I heard from someone else that I was disappointed in, uh, is that apparently there's no... Uh, essentially, there's not much, I want to say, ship gameplay. Like, no ship-to-ship combat, no navigation. No. Uh, basically, you get your own ship, and you basically you can go into the deck of the ship and talk to your helms person and tell her where you want to go, and you'll huh. see like a short cutscene of your ship leaving the harbor, then another short cutscene of your ship entering the new harbor, and that's as well, far as the, the ships go. So wait, there's no, there's no world exploration? 
Well, there is. Like, you'll, you move from island to island, and each island is a pretty good size, and a lot of the time you have to kind of explore these islands to complete quests. Like, there's one really neat quest where you have to track uh, a party that was going inland on one of the islands to find an old temple, mm. and you kind of find signs of where they've been. Like, you'll see, like, a pile, like, like a dead soldier here, or, like, a, a signpost there, and it's it was a lot of fun to just try and figure out where they've gone with no real, like, uh, marker on your map. There's no no uh, like naval exploration is what you mean to say. No, yeah. not really. Is, is there a, like can your crew mutiny or anything like that? <laughs> uh, I don't think so. It could you be like do a kind of recruit a crew like in Mass Effect, and like you can bring one person with you when you go on land. But there's there's no mutinies. I'm I'm understanding that Prana Studios it's not like a AAA kind of company. They're a smaller company. Smaller. No. Yeah, they're a bit smaller. They made yeah. the Gothic games. I think that's that's their most uh, well-known series. Oh, yeah, Gothic. How's the AI when it comes to your companions and stuff? The AI, it's it's functional. The AI in their games is always fairly basic, but I mean they yeah. don't get stuck in the terrain or anything. And they're okay. actually really helpful in combat, but they as aren't exactly brilliant tacticians. As long as they're not off eating dirt while you're in a fight or something. No, they're actually very useful in fights. Okay, that's good. Cool. Another article that we've had is again from me was for Ghost Recon Future Soldier. And this is uh, a new direction for the series, I guess. It's all streamlined and, I should say, simplified, I guess. But at the end of the day, um, the series wasn't really all that great when it was a hardcore tactical third-person shooter. So when they finally decided to go a little bit more, um, I guess, accessible with this one, it actually worked out for just the sheer amount of uh, entertainment value that you get out of it. Why has it gone to Call of Duty territory? Uh, not quite. Um, there's a couple of things that they did. Um, you know, when everything starts exploding and you're taking down helicopters with your manually controlled robot dude thing, you know, it, it goes over the edge a little bit. But is, is that the army's technical term? I need to get myself a manually controlled <laughs> robot dude thing. <laughs> I don't remember what they called it, honestly. It was, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it was accurate or not, what they were calling it, because it's futuristic, so we're taking some liberties with that, I'm sure. But, yeah, you get, you get... What's that? Some kind of drone, I'm assuming? Yeah, it's a, it's a big walking thing that just, you know, you can switch to its controls and then fire rockets at whatever you want. So a mech? Yeah, a mech, essentially. Hey, a mech is just as, you know, exact as my walking thing. Oh, yeah, it's totally <laughs> as legit as the remote-controlled <laughs> walking thing. Exactly. It's no more It's so no legit. more accurate, though, hey. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it was, it was all right, and the multiplayer options are... That's where it's really a lot like Call of Duty, even though there's a squad system and all that, but uh, the game feels... Uh, quite like Call of Duty multiplayer, but nonetheless, it's uh, it's quite fun, I think. I thought uh, with Ghost Recon that I assumed it, it was more kind of classic Rainbow Six kind of, but in a, a smaller like company. I thought that's what the pull was. That's what made it slightly more interesting than Call of Duty, you know, to differentiate itself. So is it kind of lost that now? No, I don't think so. I think it's still very different. Cause... They just improved it, I think. Yeah, I mean, because back in the day, that's used to uh, that, that's what like drove me away from the series because I, I wasn't a fan of like the hardcore stealth kind of action. Like you get spotted, you're basically done, you're, you're screwed. Now, if they improved it, then, you know, it's something I might check out. 
Yeah, and that's the thing. The the, the stealth and the and, and all the hardcore strategy in the, in the old one didn't really work sometimes because of the bad AI and whatnot. So they now that they decided to streamline it, it's uh, it's a little better, I think. Evan is here, who did Avernum. Avernum, escape from the pit. Yeah, that's the one. It's kind of uh, hard to differentiate, isn't it? Because the original game was also called that. Or the, orig- the well, original it's, game? It's a remake of a remake or something? Or? Uh, yeah, poor Avernum has a bit of a twisted history. <laughs> it's a it's a re-release and an updated release, you could say. It's not of, uh, of the original Avernum, which came out about ten years ago, which was itself a rewrite of the Exile series, which came out about five years before that. Uh... And it's so sad. It was so sad to to review this game because it was so unenjoyable. But you could you could see that they'd put so much heart into it. It's got a great, uh, very expansive world. It has a pretty good RPG system, very deep. Uh, it's you know, it, and it's um, you know, group based combat and group group based RPG, which uh, I. You know, it's, it'd be nice to see a good example of that on the indie market right now. It's the things we're kind of missing. But the truth of it is that it's so old-fashioned. Um, like, it, it's it's not just that I, I could excuse the graphics, you know, which are old and stuff. But you realize that in the 90s, RPGs really had a lot of issues. Uh, it's not quite balanced well. It's doesn't give you good grinding opportunities uh you can easily get stuck with essentially no quests available for you to take uh and the writing is just just awful just so horrible you know every single character in the game very very quickly gives you gives you a quest with you know motivations that can be said in three sentences you know really really fast and the quests are essentially, you know, disconnected. So, I mean, it's sad because, you know, while I was playing it, it kind of brought back that charm. That charm of the very first computer RPGs, you know, where someone said, oh, we can take paper and pencil RPGs and translate that onto the computer screen. But uh, poor, poor Avernum isn't classic anymore. It's just, uh, it's just old and crumbling. So since it's a remake... Um, I guess I should ask, is it the same studio that made the original way back in the day, or yep. is that just... Same studio. Okay. In fact, I, ch- I checked out their blog. It's essentially, it's only a couple of guys, really. And they live uh, here in Seattle, so I was thinking I'd like to, well, I don't know, I was thinking of interviewing them. It's just I felt bad for... I mean, <laughs> Tell me why you know, so much. Well, I don't know, because these, you know, these are guys who, you know, this is a team of, like, can't be more than, you know, ten people, maybe five people. I didn't check the credits. Who They've been doing this for, you know, 15 years now. So what? Uh, what exactly is, um, I guess, new about it about this re-release? Because that, well, just... that's so sad. The, it's a new graphics engine. Okay. Oh god. In theory, <laughs> and it still and it still looks like it's from the '90s. Like still, like they. I think they're taking the original '90s graphics engine and just updating it. You know. <laughs> they added like three new colors, and that's an update. Uh, yeah, we're, we're still in yeah like two. 256 gra- graphics mode, yeah, and yeah, I think but... they they said that they you know expanded it as far as adding in more uh, adding in more quests and such, but new quests are not what this poor RPG needs right now, unfortunately. Take it out back and shoot it, or yeah. build yeah. on it. 
Uh, I recommend someone writing a good indie group-based RPG because there's not a good one on the on the market right now. I think. Oh, they made six of these games, and I hear the writing got better as they went on. Oh, they made six of these. Yeah. And this would be the sixth one. Oh, how do they get away with it? Like, yeah. <laughs> you said the writing wasn't even that good in this one. So I, I sort of want to see the first one now. Yeah, <laughs> writing, writing was awful, but I guess they have a little bit of a cult following. Like, there's a, the, this group of people who like were playing Avernum and Exile back in the Shareware days, and are just hooked, you know. And generate. And here's the thing, you know, being an indie company, you don't need to be have that big of a following in order to keep doing it forever. That's true. So to tell the truth, Spider, the, the name of the studio is Spiderweb Studios, and it, and that's why I'd like to interview him actually, just because. It's a kind of an interesting story, uh, you know, how, that these guys have, uh, you know, have this small group of very, very dedicated fans. The the one, well, one of the strengths of Avernum is that it does have a lot of gameplay and a big, expansive world and a pretty deep RPG system. Uh, and so, you know, they've generated tons and tons and tons of content uh, and have been able to keep afloat producing these games that all use essentially the same engine, you know, sequel after sequel after sequel, and that's kind of interesting. Well, it's kind of like a B-movie kind of cult following book of games, yeah. I suppose. Right, exactly. I'm trying to think of something comparable in the movie industry, but... Uh, well, that's how horror films, maybe they were all B-movies, but, you know, everybody watched them. Yeah, imagine, um, you know, yeah, this, I guess it's like the Saw series, except yeah. the first one isn't even that good. <laughs> isn't, like, reaping the rewards of money, but I don't know. Somebody's still buying them. Yeah, well, you know what? But hey, if you can find an audience, I say, I say, go for it. Hats off, you're doing better than me. <laughs> Another article of mine was uh, Max Payne 3, uh, for which I got hate mail, which is not cool, people. Not cool. <laughs> <gasps> Wait, hate mail what for? I mean, you gave it to 78. Yeah, apparently that's not good enough, because apparently, um, I don't know, just people, people expect Rockstar games are of certain... Otherworldly quality now, uh, no matter what they make, I guess. But I really didn't feel that was the case with this one. Yeah, well, it's kind of it's a predictable story, though. I mean, like I haven't even played Max Payne three, and I'm pretty sure I could like you know sum it up in like a sentence or something. It's like oh, I'm an angry alcoholic with nothing to live for. Uh, bad shit gonna happen to me, and then I'm gonna go out and shoot stuff. That's yeah. In a nutshell, what Max Payne three is. I mean, it's, that's, it's that's what Max Payne one was. That's what Max Payne two was. Well, and now it's yeah. just bad stuff happening in where was it again? Brazil. Brazil, yeah. there you go. Exactly. Brazil isn't very noir, though, unless it was like, you know. Uh, it could yeah. be. It could make it noir. But it wasn't. I'm one of the selling points, wasn't it? Or I heard it, it was, was. Like, yeah. you know, they're making Brazil noir now, you know? No, it, it really. It's Brazil, dude. It really didn't happen. And that's kind of. Uh, and as you mentioned, yeah, the story can be easily summarized. and But you could do that with the originals. But see, with the originals, there was a very deep personal drive for the character. There was. Where, I did like the character. But I mean. Yeah, but I mean, whereas here, uh, he's literally um, starts off as a gun for hire, and he doesn't really ever evolve out of that role. He's trying to save these people out of his sheer goodness, I guess, which is not really a very strong selling point. Um, And yeah, it's just, it's not quite there, I thought. Uh, As much as I love the character and the series, I think this is a downturn for him. And Honestly, if this was any other game um, that, you know, and, and I said that in my review, I think this was a case of they made a game, but they decided to slap the Max Payne label on it and make it a Max Payne. If this was just a new IP, this was this would have been fine. Um, 
it would have been nothing exceptional, but it would have been fine because they wouldn't have to go back and retrofit the character into this world, and they wouldn't have to adjust some of the gameplay mechanics, which I'm sure they had to. So it's I don't think it worked out as well as it could have, either for Max Bane or for a potential new IP. Well, as far as the the, the game itself goes, like I mean, the the, the engine is like you know, the, the reaction to getting shot, etc. All that that looked really well made. For it is, but here's the thing. I actually don't know if I I don't remember if I mentioned that most of the guys you shoot are quite far away, so you don't even see any of that. Oh, really? Yeah. Because well, didn't they add the little uh, bullet cam thing to when yes, you were like shooting the last guy in the face? <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's only for the last guy, and it's yeah, exactly. really, it's not that different from what the originals one. Mm. Well, what about you know the music, the kind of what they, was it, the, the the mise en scene that goes with Max Payne? Is is that there anymore? They have one track from the original games, which they threw in there for I don't know nostalgia's sake, nostalgia. I guess. And it it doesn't really fit, I think. And then they hired um, I don't recall what the name of the band is, but it's uh, an industrial band, and there's Ramstein. Was it? No, no, no. Very industrial. Slowly out of place. Angry German people playing music in the back. All those guys running around shooting people in the mouth. Work, yeah, No, no. It's well, it's a band as far as producing music. That there's no relics or anything. And yeah, I mean, there's a couple of good tracks, but everything else is kind of repetitive industrial sounds. You know, like when you're in a shootout for the 50th time or starting the same damn checkpoint you're, you're listening to the same kind of dun, 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 that's kind of on a loop so <laughs> there's nothing really particularly outstanding with the soundtrack either and what about the noir cutscenes there is nothing nope none of that they're not there and what about his you know his monologues and stuff yeah his monologue is there but it's not as witty as or as sharp as it once was I guess no that's a shame yeah. so they kind of drained it of what was yeah. fun about it. Well, what, what was? I yeah, know. they definitely lack the writing from Remedy. I think. Mm-hmm. Well, the yeah. character itself was what made the game interesting. I mean, it, like, yeah. you know, you felt bad for the guy, and you, you know, at the same time, he was funny. Yet, you know, he didn't care, and he'd still shoot anybody in the face. So it was kind of an interesting pull. But I mean, now if he's even less interesting, then yeah, now kind of like shooting himself in the foot. Now he's. Like many people have said, it's uh, Man on Fire with Bruce Willis type of... Uh, is is yeah, the Crackheads no. still there, or... What's that? The Crackheads. You know, the... the no, now, now, now you're shooting uh, basically street gangs in the middle of Brazil, these poor people with AKs. <laughs> so you go from junkies to Portuguese people. That's yeah. the, 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 cool. The characters, the enemies were some of the one of the appealing things about it, because they were so stupid. And they had like all the background, like um, TV and stuff. You know, there was real character to the to the levels and stuff. Is that there anymore? Uh, no, not really. I mean, some of the levels are kind of claustrophobic almost because you just it, it is very linear, and you're moving down the narrow streets of Brazil, occasionally shooting dudes with an AK, and you know, a guy without a T-shirt. Or anything on takes like a clip to put down, so that's that's a gameplay issue. But you know, nonetheless, yeah. And then uh, you, you go from that to uh, some military guys. Of course. Yeah. Obviously, and, always. Always. And then. Because knew the Portuguese are resistant to bullets. <laughs> that was the program. Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, it could have been better for, like I said, if they 
just made different decisions as far as the actual game marketing and development. It would have been better if it was its own IP and not involved with Max Payne. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, yeah, it was tough to write, but still uh, on you know on seventy eight, that's still decent. Yeah, but well, people, means it's worth playing. People like to send hate mail, so cool. if you actually read the review and don't look at the score. You might figure out if you should play it or not. I think I'm going to send you some hate mail now. Oh, please don't. Just like I can go with the program. Be cool <laughs> like everybody else. Who? Who? Huh? Seriously, none of you guys watched Homestar Runner back in the day? Oh, well. Homestar. No. Watch what? Oh, for crying out loud. Well, you. Okay, you're too yeah, just you know what? Forget it. Move on. What's the first topic? <laughs> All right. Uh, Borderlands 2 Limited Edition Detailed. And the reason that's interesting is because there is a big box of stuff that you get for $150, which is the replica of the uh, loot box in the game, I guess, for those who played Borderlands. That's kind of cute. Would you buy this? No. What's the retail price? $150. Yeah, no. (laughs) Some people say it's, it's actually, you know, legitimately made and actually... It comes with a certificate of authenticity. Okay, but yeah, being legitimately made does not make it legitimately good. It's <laughs> like getting those night vision goggles in the old color. Like, what was it, Black Ops? I think that they gave you night vision goggles. <laughs> oh, those oh, things are that... made of like the cheapest plastic on earth. So I'm, I've kind of lost interest in the, the big collector's bundles. But that's just me. I mean, you know. What does being legitimately made even mean? I don't know. Well, like it's made of not cheap plastic, I guess. Made of legitimacy. quality data. You get a steel bookcase. It's probably made in China. A chart that shows you the creatures of Pandora. Okay, I'm thinking, you know, all right, fine, a poster. Well, yeah, the the, the price mostly comes from that big box, which is, you know, legitimately big, I guess. (laughs) I don't know why I'm saying legitimately, I'm sorry. I don't know. It's legit. It's legit, bro. But I mean, like, what purpose does this box serve? But yeah, it's, it's sure. store things in it. Yeah, other than like, you know. Some, some, someone comes over. They're like, hey, <laughs> check out my box. And they're like, cool, you spent 150 bucks. And like, yeah, and like, you're a dumbass. <laughs> yeah, but it's a cool box. Steam <laughs> <laughs> uh, now offering remote game downloads. So if you buy stuff, you can remote back to your PC, I guess, and start downloading things. That's kind of cool if you're impatient, I guess. Would your PC I had to be really... on all the time, though? Well, yes. Otherwise, how would you download it? I kind of had to stretch myself to think when this would be handy to me. <laughs> well, if if you're at work and, you know, a game unlocks on Steam... And well, a game unlocks on Steam while I'm at work? Yeah. And you want to start downloading it, so when you How, get home, it's all downloaded. And it, well, and it has to be a you know a big enough game that you know it'll take a long time to download. Well, like, I'm sorry, how many... not, not all of us are on 50 meg downloads here. <laughs> not all of not all of you are all over the indie market. Another well, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. Yeah. No, but even then, like, how many games unlock you know nine to five? Uh, Most I... of them, actually. What seriously? Yeah. I thought midnight was the standard. Oh well. No, it depends. I, it totally no, I eat my words. Yeah, it totally depends. Kind of a weird time to be releasing stuff, but yeah, I'm just gonna get behind the logic though. <laughs> so, what time do we release this game at midnight, where everybody can buy it and probably play it? No, no, no. Wait till everybody's to get up and go to work, and then unlock it. Yeah, there we go. Brilliant. Well, it saves you from hammering the servers, I guess. 
Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good point. That is a good point, actually. Uh, next item, all staff at 38 Studios and Big Huge Games is let go. Huge. Shut up! <laughs> ah. Okay, try it again. Put <laughs> that one over. You know, it's it's always sad to see uh, to see a startup game studio go down, but you know that's the power of the markets, and yep. they had one shot. They only pull out, pulled off the one game, and it just didn't sell. And I guess people overinvested in it. Really, somebody remind me what Thirty Eight Studios even made? Wow, Kingdoms. <laughs> oh, okay. Kingdoms oh. of Amalur. I'm a little, okay. I'm a little, Emilio Estevez or whatever. Yeah. Well, and and the big I enjoyed that game though. That sucks, man. The, the thing is, it was just it was just a mediocre game. It wasn't. It didn't yeah, do yeah. anything new. It wasn't anything crazy by far. I mean, it was like Skyrim from a third person kind of. Ball. Yeah, but that, yeah, that's from a pop-down kind of view. Really good. Yeah, the like R.S. Salvatore writing. We've talked to this before, but again, you know, it, it was just mediocre. You for your first game. Yeah, for sure. And the oh, thing the is, thing is, it, it did ahead. sell. But, over a million. It, 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 what? No, I thought they it thought it sold 1.3, and then yeah. it 3 million to stay afloat. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. Like, it kind of oh. sucks that they needed so much money just to break even in today's industry. That's that's what made me kind of say they deserved it a little, because this doesn't feel like this was. I don't want to say. Uh, how can I put this? For first game from a studio, you you don't expect a first game to be stellar, you know, and yeah. and ultimately popular. And when a studio is just starting off, it's okay to make a mediocre game, just something to get out on the market, you know. But here, it feels like for some reason, somehow, they got their studio going and risked it all on their game being, if not a hit, at least pretty big. Well, the background on that is they actually got paid by the state, right, to move. Um the big huge games down there and the state actually funded the development of this game oh. so so oh. now now that it lost money um, the state people people the taxpayers are actually responsible for covering all this debt mm. but the, the thing is, you should have a professional coming down there to make sure they're staying on track not somebody who's part of government who doesn't know anything about development yeah, well, that's the government that brought them in there, and they said, "Hey, let's make some jobs." They don't know really anything else about it, right? Wait, who's that awful, awful German? Oh, uh, Uwe, Uwe Boll. Is that how you pronounce? Yeah, yeah, Uwe Boll. That's what this is. Oh no, we're if we're not careful, we'll get a video game version of Uwe Boll. Just someone who, some company that makes awful, awful games, but they get some sort of huge tax incentive out of it or something. Yeah. Sony patents in-game advertising that can potentially interrupt games like if you are browsing a site, you know, you get some pop-ups, that could be the same type of thing. And, you know, let's not hit the punning button quite yet. <laughs> I don't care, I'm hitting it. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think Can I hit the panic button now? How about now? Yeah, that just, no. If it interrupts you between loading screens, it's still going to suck, but I mean, it's going to be tolerable. If it just straight up jumps and be like, hey, hold on, buy my stuff. Okay, hey, you can buy now. listen. <laughs> I'm going to throw oh, my PS3 through, like, one of their buildings. I'm not going to... I think it'd be interesting if you are playing, like, Skyrim or something, and then join the load screen, it had a commercial for some yeah. fast food joint or, like, some <laughs> soft drink. Exactly, you're just loading up a cave or something, and it's like, hey, aren't you thirsty? Yeah. <laughs> Out of nowhere, and you're like, yeah, man. Tired of imaginary skinny bears. <laughs> I'm some chicken. 
maybe like a scary version of the future, you know, how it's always like ads everywhere and yeah. well, that's our future. That's the I can yeah. see that being extremely annoying. Like you're like two in the morning, you're just playing a game, you're about to go to bed. All of a sudden it's like, Hey, aren't you hungry? Damn it, yeah, I am. <laughs> I am I am <laughs> Feed me. I put a lot of faith in customers actually for being so annoyed at something that mm, it won't sell well if they don't like it. Yeah, just look at Blizzard and Diablo three. Huh? Which is our next topic. Oh Diablo yeah. three. Yeah, you like that segue? You Which segue, as we, yeah. <laughs> no, you know, nobody liked and nobody bought, so Well, that's the thing though. Yeah, there's uh, a difference though. Diablo everybody bought this three. day one. Diablo 3, yeah, setting a record for day one sales, 3.5 million. But how many of those people actually played the game, do you think? Because the servers were not down or... Well, day one, it started off okay. I mean, like, the initial launch was all right until about, what, like, two in the afternoon. Then it went down for a while. And then it came up, like, for five minutes and came back down again. And day one was just, like, like a catastrophe. It sucked. Exactly. But, I mean, people are motivated enough to just sit through it and you know they'll complain they'll say whatever the hell they want to say but at the end of the day they're still they're still playing it they're still chilling out happy i mean i've seen hardcore i work in retail and i had people sitting outside at 9 p.m the day before i opened at 10 a.m i just brought chairs and beer and they were just chilling and they were like (laughs) i closed the store i'm like dude you know i open at like 10 tomorrow he's like yeah so why are you here i had nothing better to do like have a good night i'm gonna go do something else Why did they just pre-purchase? Dang it. They wanted to try and get a collector's without pre-purchasing uh, it. And I had like three left, so they just came and just drank beer in front of my store the whole night. What did that collector's edition have? Like its own demon whip or I mean, anything? The, no, the box <laughs> is pretty cool. I mean, admittedly, I'm, I'm not one to buy collector's editions, but the box art was nice. It's a big white box and everything. And inside it was the usual Blizzard stuff. So like making of DVDs, uh, probably a map. I didn't open one myself. I know there's a Blu-ray in there for like interviews and all that stuff and um, oh, what the hell else was in there I want to say a figurine but I'm not sure I don't think they did a figurine for this one no no alright I'm not sure I know they added a couple things in there but I didn't open it myself to check it out there was a just book look I think yeah there was a book there was a book and probably a strategy guide at least right I mean uh, I'm not sure actually uh, although I raised my eyebrow a little at this number because the Technically, this is a statistic for the fastest-selling game ever, right? We haven't broken any actual records as far as number of games sold. No, no, number-wise, it hasn't broken anything. But, I mean, for a day-one launch, like, how, how long was the the record? I mean, like, what's the time limit for the fastest-selling game? Well, they said 24 hours for 24 PC. Hours? No, for a PC game, too, not okay. console. Yeah, admittedly. I mean, there hasn't been anything, I want to say, that huge in a while on PC. I mean, there's yeah. been big games, but, like... That people have been stoked for like ten years. Yeah, not really. So is is there some kind of equation that with games that even have faults, but like you have to divide it by the level of like circle and anticipation <laughs> to, to, to see how much kind of step back you're getting. That's what I'd like to see. I'd like to see the uh, the growth rate, so to speak, mm. of uh, you know how well the game is continuing to sell once word of mouth gets around. I think at the one one month. Uh, well, like, you know, I can vouch for that. I mean, I, I still sell out all the ones I get pretty fast too. So I mean, like I was working today and I had at least what thirty some odd people come and try to buy it. 
So well, it's, still, it's still it's still out there. It's still it's still rolling pretty good. I mean, despite all the the, the memes about Error Thirty Seven and God knows what. And and I guess being able to purchase it digitally, anyways. They still yeah, I mean, that's what I tell most of the people. If I don't have any, I don't know when I'm gonna get some. Like, dude, just go on the Blizzard site and buy it there. Worst case, they have a store where they can ship it to your house. You don't have to move. You can you know go be lazy at home. Well, if, if if any other game had those faults, like with you know you have to be online to play. And errors, then they would have been the biggest kind of you know oh, yeah, no, for, for storm really. over the internet. But because it's Diablo, it's kind of like it has some kind of buffer, you yeah. know, charisma plus five, which kind, kind of hate shield. Yeah, that stops it getting through. And it's it's strange because gamers can be so selective where they want to focus their ire. And if it if there's too much fandom in there, then it's like they'll... well, they still get their decent amount of rage. So I'm not gonna lie, like the Blizzard fan base is. God, they, they they complain about absolutely everything. I mean, you just go go look on their WoW forums, and I can guarantee on the first page you're gonna find like ninety percent of those are like rage posts. People complaining about God knows what. Diablo is probably gonna be the same thing. I haven't checked. That I wonder person. if people are. Uh, well, I keep wondering if people are still complaining about StarCraft Two having no land. So probably, I wouldn't be yeah. surprised. Like the first two pages, you're probably gonna find some some dude like late, like hey, no land in Star- StarCraft. But so far, I mean, no, let's see here. Who's writing uh, for, on us? Who's writing the review for this? Ah, uh, Ben. Big game to review. I mean, oh yeah. Well, because I'm just wondering. So far, uh, what do people think of it? Yeah. Well, well, having I'm... bought it, I can tell you it's it's cool, but it's Diablo. I mean, it's not a game that people are. That you're not going to play for like 18 hours straight and be like a crack fiend with Diablo. <laughs> I mean, it's not like World of Warcraft where people are going to play for like 72 hours in a like in a, in a row and probably die from it. No, it's like you do the story. All right, that was cool. Might start up another character, play for a bit. And you get bored of it eventually. But... It's still got some sort of longevity to it. I've never, well, I, I kind of always thought the Blizzard's writing really needed a, a kick in the pants, but uh, how is the writing in the story? Is it actually worth it's playing through? It's horrible. It's the writing is awful. not the best. I mean, it's it's not atrocious. Yeah, come it's on, Blizzard. No yeah, Blizzard no does so great in every other, in many other areas of game making. Why can't they... Why can't they, you know, figure out that we've grown up now? Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I ended up skipping half of the like the, the conversations, if not more. It just drones on, and you're like, dude, I don't care. Like, the story is bad. You don't care at all about the story. Yeah. that's what I've like, got at least. Like the game's like, like, I just want to kill more. <laughs> what is all this dialogue doing? Exactly. The game's supposed to take like 20 hours. I did like 11 and a half because I was like, all right, cool conversation, skip. All right, cool. Skip. <laughs> well, the one thing they should do is start. Uh, some kind of animation business because their cutscenes are hot. They are the very well done. Incredible. But they'll, they'll, they'll make they'll make movies with awful, awful dialogue and awful, awful story. No, they don't yeah. need the same writers making the cutscenes. They just need like the people doing the uh, choreography and what have you. Yeah, uh, and that's well made. The, the writing makes me want to punch a baby, but I mean the rest yep. is <laughs> still pretty top notch. I enjoyed the game overall, and, they, and so I'm not going to say it's like the best game that came out on PC in the past ten years, but. It's 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 a good game. It's worth it's worth the buy. Carmageddon Kickstarter. Kickstarter. Oh my god. What do you mean? Someone put a, a Kickstarter for what should are they I, doing? I, Remaking to, it? Till I extrapolate on this. Yeah, just just. I just want to know. Do is. I need to like, care? I played Carmageddon a little back Probably in the day, not. and I know, and I know well, what Kickstarter is, but I can't connect those two words. Well, he and um, the developers put uh, wanted to revive the game. I think because after all the double fine business, so they put it on there and they reached their target. I think it was just over 600k, I think was their target, and that meant they could port it to Linux as well, I think. Um, you mean, you're well. saying a remake or a re-release? It's a, a new game. 
in, in oh. the complicated series. Really? Wow, yeah. and six and six hundred K on Kickstarter. No, I gotta hand it to him. That's that, that is newsworthy. It's a good thing we talked about it. I th- but the thing is, I think you have to be careful. People's nostalgia isn't getting the way of a <clears throat> get get in the way of a remake. You know, I, I remember the Carmageddon games. I wasn't as well versed in as other people. I remember them, but slightly, and I don't remember being impressed by them. <laughs> it, it, it's like I remember it was. It's, it remember it struck me as a formula for automatic success. It was like uh, that TV show in the '80s. I, f- I forget what it's called, but that had dinosaurs with missile firing capabilities. <laughs> and I think Carmageddon, uh, if I remember right, did every game have uh, zombies in it, or was it just it was up yeah, with cars? Well, it was people. Zombies but, and cars. That was yeah, no, but it, in some countries, in some editions, they had to put zombies in because obviously running over people wasn't too good. Yeah, 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 that's right. I I, and see, to, to me. In a way, I want to say you can't fail with that. If 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 it's like burnout, but with people, you know, so you could like. I'm not gonna lie, I would buy that. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, that would be entertaining. Burnout See, with people. We're, we're all embarrassed to, to say over. it, but we but we would. Oh, I'm not embarrassed at all. I mean, that, that, that works, then. so yeah, I'll give Usually you. Usually, the more pointlessly violent a game is, I mean, as long as it's still playable, I'm probably gonna enjoy myself. I don't I don't get offended by anything, so that's just speaking for myself, but. God, I, can, I can imagine burnout with like destroyed, like you know, cars breaking to pieces and then just like you know, ripping people to shreds. That would be hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I uh, uh, drive a bus with people, like you know, down a rocky ravine, and you'd get their exactly. reactions in the exactly. like, cameras. You know that you know the screens of terror, and then like the whole crash mode from burnout. Only it's much more violent. And <laughs> yeah, this makes me wonder if this really is successful at this level. I wonder if we'll be seeing any other. Games revived or resurrected or what yeah, happened? Yeah, there's been there's numbers. been tons if you follow Kickstarter. I mean, Wasteland 2 and all yeah. kinds of classic older games. But the <laughs> the problem is now, um, or I guess we're kind of getting off topic. But the problem is now there's a lot of gaming projects on Kickstarter. So now it's actually really hard for them to stand out compared to the other 50 gaming projects on Kickstarter. So it's I'm getting hoping... actually a little interesting. Uh, there's a well, I mean, fairly big indie game, uh, Fast and Light FTL, is crossed its Kickstarter and like by a factor of three, it got it, the funds that it needed. So when yeah. that comes out, I'm hoping to test it out and see, uh, yeah, see if this is a workable business model. Uh, Red Orchestra Two Game of the Year Edition slash patch, I guess, is free for people who already own it, right? Yeah, uh, got yeah, released. Crazy Steam special on it too. Yeah, I played. I've tried it with the patch, and they basically fixed 90% of the glitches and bugs. It's much smoother experience now, and it also reinvigorated the community, at least for now, in the free weekend design. So basically, this company, their game was dead in the water, and no one was playing it, and they still released this free content patch, and it basically injected a lot of life into the community. It's pretty impressive. For sure, it's got a crazy good discount on it right now. So I'd highly recommend it. Yeah, if anybody's interested in it, it's definitely worth checking out. Shoot Mania Storm trailer also got released, and I guess this is more uh, in line with Track Mania 2. Now it's yes. Shoot Mania. The thing that looks interesting to me about this game is it looks like it's a shooter where you only have one weapon and everyone gets killed in one shot, kind of like laser tag type thing, and okay. all the emphasis is going to be on the maps because it's going to have like crazy map customization so what do you guys think about a shooter where you only have one gun and the entire emphasis is on like 
having crazy maps. Unreal tournament. Is yeah, exactly. The That's exactly what I was gonna say. I used to, I used to like really like that. I, was, I like kind of it. A guilty so pleasure. I like the idea. Yeah. Could you, um, I don't know, game a level or something to like your advantage, in in some way? Probably could. If you made a level with some like secrets, then you could probably use it to your advantage. Oh, so it, this is a uh, this comes with level editor. Is what yeah, saying. it's like a huge yeah. part of the game, like with Trackmania. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you don't have a level editor in there, then it's just basically like pew pew laser guns, and this game's going to be horrible. Oh, so. gotcha. no, no, I understand. Sorry, like Trackmania. Yeah, I, I get it now. Okay. Exactly. If there's no level editor, then yeah, it'd just be like some cheap looking Tron ripoff with castles. <laughs> yeah, castles. <laughs> so apparently, you know, it's like, hey, let's have futuristic stuff. They shoot lasers, but put them in castles. Brilliant. Okay, I'm pretty stoked to see how this game's going to turn out. I mean, it could be really interesting, as well as it could be like one of the huge flop. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I'm, I'm still leaning towards flop right now. I'm not going to lie, but I mean, it could it could prove me wrong. Yeah, the if whole it keeps some unreal or quake elements, you know, like really fast-paced shooting. Then um, I, I could probably enjoy that. Yeah. The shooting out of your hand thing is kind of weird. Yeah, it's kind of weird, but I mean, like, yeah, I've already been. Hey, it like, worked for Iron Man. <laughs> true. Yeah, because the Iron Man games did so well. Yeah, that's right. Come on. <laughs> Take it. All right, and for the last little bit, we will talk about E3 2012, our uh, new rumors and expectations and predictions. And uh, who's got what to talk about? I guess Wii U is going to be the biggest topic this year. Yeah, probably. probably. As long as they announce it properly. <laughs> well, see, the odd thing is they already said that they probably won't have the price or release date. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they, they are planning to have all kinds of games and stuff to show for it. Well, I mean, I don't want to have to buy, like, three controllers and sign the receipt in my own blood. I'm just saying, like, the thing's got a screen on it. Guaranteed it's not going to cost, like, $40 or $45 like a regular Wii remote is. They're yeah. probably going to come out with the console a little bit cheaper and like, look, everybody buy it. And then you're going to go there to buy a controller and they're like, ha, we're going to f*** you now. <laughs> so, all, all I'm expecting from E3 is I just hope Ubisoft doesn't come out with that really crap comedian from last year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Holy. Oh, my God. Man. No, no presentation has ever made me want to, like, slip my own wrist as hard as I could. Is that uh, the Jamie Kennedy one? Uh, Mr. Caffeine, dude. Oh, Mr. Caffeine. Simply atrocious. You, well, you just had to be there, man. Oh, oh man. <laughs> the only thing I'm uh, moderately interested in, well, of course, I'm sure there will be some surprises that obviously I don't know about that hopefully will make me happy when I hear them, but the only thing that's kind of got me moderately interested in is that they say there might be an announcement about OnLive joining forces with Sony. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. That you know that could be big. Like that I, uh, I mean, I haven't. I've tried on live just a little bit, uh, and you know, I've kind of been watching them just to see if they survive, if they stay afloat. But uh, I've heard rumors of you know other gaming companies either joining with on live or switching. Uh, you know, who is, I mean, when they release their next generation console, it's going to be an on live style console. You know. Uh, I'd just be interested to see if, uh, yeah, if a new partnership is announced or if, a, you know, a powerhouse a direct streaming gaming company is formed. It could work um, as long as, you know, the PS3 oh, sure. is capable of handling the whatever processing is required on this end. Well, I'm pretty sure they're going to make it work. I mean, yeah. A company that big shouldn't have that much problems with it. 
more of the same, I guess, you know, Resident Evil, etc., Assassin's Creed, all the stuff we've already seen quite a few videos and pictures of. They're probably going to add some more. Modern Warfare. Modern <laughs> Warfare, uh, well, Black Ops 2, rather. Yeah, yeah, Black Ops Black Ops 2, with horses. <laughs> Yay! Don't ask me, it's like, hey, let's make this futuristic. No, no, wait, wait, wait. Well, we, we, actually, we actually talked some about horses it. In there. We talked about it uh, last episode of the oh, podcast, really? yeah. Anyway. But regardless, Call of Duty's going to sell like crazy anyway. Yeah. Uh, well, I need you guys to. Uh, I need you guys to promise me that if you do play a demo on that or something, you try to kill the horse. <laughs> oh sure. Just let me know if it works. Out of sheer boredom, <laughs> guaranteed. No, that, and also get. Uh, oh, and uh, also try out Dishonored if they have it. Yeah, they will have Dishonored. And yeah, I guess we can um, talk about our coverage plans. So we are. Um, lined up. Well, EA is usually wide open, so we'll, we'll check out what they have on the show, um, which is going to be Medal of Honor and, and sports games and all that good stuff. Mm. And we'll be checking out Sony, of course, with the new God of War and The uh, Last of Us and other stuff there as well. That's right, new God of War. I forgot about that one. Yeah. And we have uh, Square Enix, which will be uh, Tomb Raider and Hitman Bethesda with Dishonored and uh, they're actually going to show something about um, Elder Scrolls Online. So we'll see what they have there. Mm-hmm. Um, Natural Selection 2. Um, Activision, obviously, with Call of Duty. And Ubisoft with Assassin's Creed. And um, Far Cry 3, probably, as well. You were and, saying THQ won't be there? Uh, THQ will not be there. So no Company of Heroes 2 footage? Uh, no. So sad. Yeah. I thought they are there, but in a diminished capacity. Well, no, they're they have they put on a couple of pre-show events for the big uh, press companies, but that's about it. They have an off they have like a a room there, but they're not actually showing anything. I think they're just there uh, purely as a you know for marketing guys to be there and say, hey, stock our games when they come out, type of thing. <laughs> please, please stock our games. Yeah. <laughs> Gun are the days of last year with the uh, car wash and all that good stuff, and the big booth. Now it's just uh, they don't have a presence there. What has what THQ released? I've forgotten about them. Uh, well, Saints Row and oh. WWE are their biggest guns right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, Dark Siders. Yeah. Oh yeah, Dark Siders. That's true. Yeah. That's true. That's Dark Siders too. Looks interesting. Yeah. And they own Relic, who I'm a huge fanboy of. But yeah, they they probably won't have anything there. So yeah, that's our that's our coverage plans. Lots of stuff, previews, all week long on the site. Hosting uh, sure. uh, probably every night, and we'll uh, we haven't finalized yet, but we might do live blogging of all the press conferences on Monday, June fourth. So stay tuned for that. And that's it. Like signing off. From the underground bunker where we're hiding, if you like us, as, leave, leave us a comment if you like us, or t- to tell us that it's safe to come out. <laughs> it's only it's only Peter that's in the bunker. I told him to come out, but I don't know if he's going to make it next week, 2 3 No, I'm trapped. There's a sofa in front of the door. Well, that's nice. Does this bunker have beer? It has, it has some very nice Shiraz. That is about it. Uh, a what sorry. now? Shiraz. It's a wine, Alex. Oh. No, you said Cheerios. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? 
Cheerios, bro. That would have been great if that conversation had kept going. I can't go through them too quickly, you know. <laughs> Sounds like a good vacation. I've had three bowlfuls already and getting to <laughs> Okay, we as we can say we are signing up from our cells deep underground, guarded by the biggest, meatiest head henchman until we get released into the wild like a mad dog to go to E3 where that, we will yeah. ravage the site with informative and delicious reviews. Do it. Six and a half hour sign off. Yeah. So after that, it's goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. And, and me. Thanks for tuning in to New Game Netcast, episode 5, for Sunday, May 27th, 2012. And as always, please remember to visit www.newgamenetwork.com for the latest and greatest video game news and reviews.